We're going to talk about why the Chicago Bulls' New Year's resolution for 2024 is to stop something that's been hurting the franchise for a while. And that's giving up on players too soon. We're going to talk about the Bulls' biggest regret of 2023 and what the Bulls should do once Zach Levine returns. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform that we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And I just want to talk, start this episode off by talking about one thing, right? One thing with the run that the Chicago Bulls are currently on, and especially the fact that a big part of that run is the Chicago Bulls' young players in Iota Sumu, Patrick Williams, and uh, Kobe White really stepping up tremendously for the Chicago Bulls on top of Dalen Terry starting to understand and be able to impact the game and stay on the floor longer than what he was able to stay on the floor in his rookie year. And I think this is an important season for the Chicago Bulls to remember. And while it's not all on this front office, it's to, it's to realize they have to stop giving up on young players so early. For It was all for different reasons, right? But when you look at it, the Chicago Bulls gave up on Bobby Portis, Max Schrute, Spencer Dinwiddie, J- uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, you could say Wendell Carter, even though I think I, Wendell Carter is still the same player to me. I really don't look at Wendell Carter as somebody who, who's really upped his game a huge hell of a lot uh, since he left the Chicago Bulls. But these are all players that the Bulls had in, in this system that were extremely young and they, they ended up giving up on too early. And I think that you're seeing direct correlations with those players in other aspects of, of the franchise. And so, of course, it starts with Patrick Williams, Iota Sumu, and, 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 and Kobe White. When you look at the month of December that each one of these players had, Kobe White with 22.6 points per game, uh, 5.7 assists, 6.4 rebounds, uh, stepping up defensively, sacrificing his body, becoming a leader for the Chicago Bulls team as well. Those are things that are the intangible part of it. And while he's currently in a shooting slump, we're still seeing Kobe White find a way to impact the game even when his three three ball isn't falling. Then you have Patrick Williams having one of his best stretches of his career with 14 points per game, 1.9 assists, basically two, 4.5 rebounds. And then also he's getting to the free throw line at a high rate and he's also averaging a block and a steal per game. Those are important parts of what uh, Patrick Williams is. And again, to take the 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 un- intangible part out of it, he's also cutting to the rim more often, moving without the ball, just playing generally more aggressive while his brand of defense has stepped up hugely. And then Io DeSumo, while off the bench, right, and not, not consistent scoring-wise, but he's averaging 10 points per game, 2.2 assists, 3.3 rebounds, and a steal per game coming off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. Nobody's saying that these numbers are like superstar level numbers. We're not saying we got the new big three in here or anything like that. But this is offering the Bulls a chance to look at these players and realize that they have absolutely grown and stepped up their game in a meaningful way here in the month of December. And they're doing it with playing a lot of minutes. They're a big part of the rotation since Zach Levine went down again, not blaming Zach Levine on their uh, you know, development or anything like that. But these are players that have really stepped up big in their roles. And so when you look at it, right, Laurie Markin and a player that the Bulls, you know, unfortunately due to uh, the coach that we had at that time and Jim Boylan really ruined the confidence of Laurie Markin. And then we end up sending him away. And, and you know, now 20, 27.9 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists. Again, and he's doing it on a losing team, but he definitely has shown more of that player that we hope Laurie Markin to be when we initially drafted him, and he flashed in his first and second years, right? 
And we, we gave up on Laurie marketing. You know, one could say too soon, but again, it was, I think, the circumstances around that. That's why I am saying that there are circumstances to why the Bulls have, you know, given up on some of these young players. Bobby Portis was a player that, like, I think was so important to the identity of that Chicago Bulls team in that era. And unfortunately, we moved on from him a little too early because of the things that was going on around him, right? And so those are the things that you got to look at uh, when you're talking about the Chicago Bulls team and why they are where they are and the fact that we've given up on young players extremely early into their career. And that needs to be the Bulls' New Year's resolution is really uh, understand that it takes some time. And listen, I'll say this for, for Bulls fans as well. It's not just the Chicago Bulls. Bulls fans got to realize this. How often did we did we hear, oh, Patrick Williams is a bust. He's not going to be this. He's not going to be that. Bulls fans wanting to give up on Kobe White at the beginning of the 2001, uh, 2000, uh, 2021 season, right? Wanting to give up on him after we acquired Lonzo Ball and those other players, thinking we just got to trade this guy. He's clearly not going to have a role here. And now look at where he is now. So the Bulls front office, as well as Bulls fans, have to understand and realize you got to stop giving up on young players way too early because you just you you eliminate yourself as being a part of their development and the future that they could have to this team. And so when you see players like Dalen Terry getting ticked, it's important for us because we haven't always seen that, right? When you see players like um like like uh like you know uh, Adama Sanago on the sideline and you see Bulls players at Bulls fans ask why aren't we why aren't we playing this guy? It's because we we we've seen it, right? And Adama Sanogo is going to be okay. Right. I think he's definitely going to get minutes at some point here for the Chicago Bulls, but it's not happening yet. And that's cool. But, you know, you want to keep your eye on on that. But the, uh, good teams, good organizations, organizations that that can build things that end up being sustainable. What those organiz- organizations do is they develop talent. Even that is not always meaning that the talent is going to develop into some top level starter. You could develop the next round of bench players for your organization, and that is perfectly fine as well. Even though some Bulls fans will have you believe that it's not right. It depends on where you get those players. But when you see somebody like Henry Drell, right, who the Chicago Bulls ended up signing to a two way contract after seeing Justin Lewis kind of not heal the way that they wanted him to, needed him to, or maybe expected him to, now they've kind of moved on and away from that, right? But Henry Jell, a player that's been in the system now for years, and now you see the Bulls lock him into at least a two-way contract to make sure that they what they still can get over for him, right? And so that's the type of things that this organization needs to do, and that needs to be a big part of what this organization's identity is going forward, is making sure you develop your young guys, right? So in a, uh, on a lot, bit, Bettine, one of the reasons we like the Bulls being aggressive and going out and getting a guy like that is that's a guy who's going to be on a cost-control contract for quite a while, but can still definitely impact the game of basketball for the Chicago Bulls. So really big parts of all of that, man. Um, and the Bulls have to have to keep that uh, outlook and keep that going forward if they really want to be a team that's going to be able to up it. Because listen, we don't have a true superstar on this team right now. We don't, and that's fine. Listen, when you, when you look at it, that's what the Bulls done, whether through draft mistakes, whatever it was, that's where we sit right now as a franchise. But what you can do is you can develop the most out of the talent that you have and prepare yourself because then you can have a team that's deep, a team full of role players that understand their role and to understand how to go about it. They understand that going into the next phase of what the Chicago Bulls team can and hopefully will be, and that is a big, important part of it as well. So let's hope that the Bulls have learned their lesson there and that they've uh, now adapted to that. And we're seeing the, pr- the proofs of those labors. We still got players that still need to develop. We still got Julian Phillips here. We still got Dalen Terry here, Adama Sonogo, Ernalot Batim, uh, Henry Drell, like our two-way contract players, right? We have these young players in this building. Let's make sure that we develop them and get the most out of what they can be before we decide if we're going to give up on them or not. And that may come 
take that may take some time and Bulls fans in the Bulls front office is going to have to display a level of uh, patience with it. And hopefully we can do that going forward a, a lot more than what we've done um, in the past. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on it, man. You guys can let me know what you guys think on that one. I really do think that that is a big part of what this team needs to be and what this identity of this franchise needs to be. AK and Eversley came in here and said that we were going to be a team. We were going to be a team that developed, right? That we were going to be a team that built through the draft, that we were going to be a team that built organically. And they immediately pivoted off that plan. But hopefully now with the way and the play and the way that things have gone, it makes them remember, hey, this was our plan when we came in here. And maybe that needs to be our plan going forward yet again. So let's hope that that's the case. Again, like I said, when you look at the number of, of players that the Bulls gave up on, it really is telling that. And again, not all those players have turned into superstars. I'm not making it seem like that, but you, you, you've definitely missed out on some development uh, from some players that could play big roles for you. And so let's hope that the Bulls have learned from that. But as far as biggest regrets as well, we got to talk about one of the Bulls' biggest regrets, especially after seeing uh, some of the pieces that, were, that were, would have come to the Bulls last year. And I've talked about this a handful of times. I'm sure you guys have kind of can pick up on where I'm going with this, is that with the way that things have gone, one of the Bulls' biggest regrets has to be not taking the deal for Zach Levine that the New York Knicks offered at the trade deadline last year. The New York Knicks offered a package for R.J. Barrett, Isaiah Hartenstein. There's another player in there as well. I can't remember who it was. Um, two first-round picks and a pick swap. And when you look now at where the Bulls sit, again, I know the Bulls wanted this team to work. And we'll talk about how it can work once Zach Levine returns. But you really have to. If the Bulls end up having to take pennies on the dollar for Zach Levine, and I know some Bulls fans are saying, oh, not hope. Well, next offseason, we can get more back. And I don't really think that we're going to get even more back for Zach Levine next offseason. I think if the Bulls do kick this, uh, this, down, this can down the road, right, and decide that we are going to wait, on the offseason to move Zach Levine. I can understand, especially the value's low. You're giving him the remainder of the season, a little over half the season by the time he comes back to uh, rehab that trade value. But it's, you're still not going to get up to that heights. I just don't think that it's going to get back up there anytime soon. And so you got to look at the deal that the Bulls are offering and some of the other rumored deals that the Bulls are offered around the trade deadline as well and make a notice. And, and, you know, ultimately, too, like the Bulls now have locked themselves into a path that, you know, there's there's still some bright side at the end of it for sure. But the Zach Levine trade, you're not going to probably get that value back that you got before. And so when you look at it, yes, we extended Kobe White. We extended Io DeSumo. Uh, we signed Vooch to a three-year deal that I still think is really team-friendly. But, hey, we don't know what's going to happen with DeMar. We don't know what's going to happen with Zach Levine. Had they taken that deal for Zach Levine, and, again, it's hindsight. It's always 2020. They didn't understand that a trade request was coming down the pipeline for Z from Zach Levine in this camp. But had the Bulls understood that and kind of read those tea leaves a little bit better, at that point in time, you would have been able to prepare yourself more for a life without Zach Levine. Now, again, everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. I truly do believe that. That's just one of my mindsets when it comes to life. And who's to say that Kobe would have had the same mindset, right? Um, you know, whatever it was is that the, 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 way, what, the things happen the way that they happen for this team. That just is what it is. We can't change it. We can talk about it. We can review. We can say what could have been, should have been, all these things. But at the end of the day, that the Bulls did miss out on something. That's why I've said here lately is that when you, when you make your move, it's almost as important as the move that you make because you may have options for you at a, at a period of time that are only finite, that go away after a, part, a period of time. And I think that's what the Bulls have now realized and ran themselves into with this current situation. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is, right? Now the Bulls have that, that understanding. They have that grasp. 
and they got to they got to figure out what they're going to be doing going forward. They have to figure that out. And if they can't, I, I mean, listen, hopefully this team is in a better place of understanding the type of things that they need to do and how they need to build this team. That quick build, it didn't work for the Chicago Bulls. That trying to contend um, or compete while you're developing players, it didn't work. Now, that's not to say that it can't work in the future, but it didn't work for the Bulls. And so now you're looking at your young players stepping into major roles for you. And, you, and, and hey, that's fine. That's fine. I, I'd much rather be here now seeing the future that we see for Kobe White and Patrick Williams than anything else. But we got to get to a point where we got to be better at developing and, and, and bringing in our own talent and understanding the time period when it's time to move off some of these deals. But that's my thought process. You guys can let me know what you guys think is always down below. Let's get into the last topic for today. And I want to talk about because Zach Levine's return is pending. And unless a trade happens before Zach Levine comes back, the Bulls are going to have to find a way to incorporate Zach Levine into what the Bulls have going on without disrupting a, what a player like Kobe White has had going on. And here's the thing that I'll say. You aren't going to take away from a player averaging almost 22, 6-6 six and six for you. You don't need to take away that from Kobe. Yes, he's on a slump, right? But Kobe's prioritization in the offense, especially being in that point guard position, needs to, needs to be something that's still at the forefront of the Chicago Bulls team. So when you look at it, Zach Levine, I know some Bulls fans have asked, can Zach Levine come off the bench? You're not bringing a player with Zach Levine's uh, caliber and his contract off the bench. That's just not something that's realistically going to happen. I understand why Bulls fans are asking for it. So you have to find a way in incorporating what this team has been doing with Zach Levine coming back and Nikola Vucevic for that matter. And I think that's the biggest part of this. We've been playing more through Vooch. We've also been trusting Kobe White to make more point guard decisions, especially with his ability to penetrate and make the right decision on catching cutters and things like that. Theoretically, the, 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 the type of style that Zach Levine has always played best in and catch and shoot opportunities, moving without the ball, cutting to the lane where he can get alleys and things like that. That's always been be the best suited way for Zach Levine's game to, to naturally him to get scores without get points without necessarily you having to like run 18 isolations for Zach Levine. Now, isolation ball is still going to be a part of the game, right? So I'm not saying they need to eliminate that at all, but in incorporating Zach Levine back into the Chicago Bulls team, you need to still do that through trusting Kobe White. And that's going to be something Zach Levine is going to have to sacrifice part of his game for. And I've said this before in live streams. Zach Levine constantly talks about winning being the most important thing. And the one, the one trait that winners truly do have and understand is they know when to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. And right now, that is something that Zach Levine needs to understand, that this is not his team anymore, if it ever was. I know some people doubt that, right? And much like you had to understand that why DeMar DeRozan was taking some of those last-minute shots for the Chicago Bulls and they weren't going to Zach because at that point, he wasn't, wasn't the best part suited for his game. You have to understand now that you're coming back to a team that is different. You're coming back to a team that, that, that have been thriving in their roles, and a player like Patrick Williams can naturally go more to, back to his passive nature if Zach Levine comes to this game and you don't really think about how you're incorporating him into the lineup. So, th listen, it could work. And I'm not saying that it can't work. There is absolutely a world. Zach Levine is too talented. He all bit a, fl a flawed player to not be able to fit into what the Chicago Bulls have been doing in his time out. But he has to embrace it. And everybody has to embrace the roles because it just makes everything fit more. You look at having Zach Levine back into that starting lineup with Kobe White, a dynamic backcourt that can all score, things like that. But you have to do that through trusting Kobe and through trusting Vooch to still be able to facilitate parts of that offense. That means that, that Zach Levine is going to have to be more comfortable playing off the ball, something that he's been really good at at points of his career. Look at that run with Pat Bev. You have to be able to be comfortable in that. And so 
it, it, it moves Andre Drummond back to the bench, moves Alex Caruso back to the bench, have Iota Sumo on the bench. That's a three-man bench rotation with still you using some of the players that have built confidence over this stretch as well, especially once Torrey Craig comes back, which isn't going to be till March. So, you know, that's going to be the most of the season is going to be over with. But that is a unit that can work. And there's a balance of offense and defense all throughout that unit. But Zach Levine, it really comes down to Zach Levine embracing and understanding what's at stake here and why he needs to fall in line and understand what this team is doing. Now, before Zach went down, we were talking about how Zach wasn't taking a lot of shots. He was passing more. He was facilitating more often. And you want to see a mix of that and Zach playing off catch and shoots. And so if that can happen, yes, Zach can be successful in this, in this lineup. Is it still going to take away from some players? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's going to have to give up. Everybody's going to have to sacrifice. People are going to be giving up shots. But for a player like Patrick Williams, who's gotten 10 shots per game before when Zach Levine and DeMar were heavy isolation, as long as Patrick Williams keeps playing aggressive, those shots are probably still going to be there for him, right? And so I just, if we're going to do this, and it seems like that's going to be something that we're probably going to end up having to do, it's going to have to come through sacrifice. And the head coach and Billy Donovan is going to have to make a stand, yes, the problem that Zach Levine has is with Billy Donovan, but Billy's going to have to set, set a line in the sand. You cannot allow Zach Levine to come back and disrupt what these young players have been building because guess what? Especially if you still plan on moving Zach, at the end of the day, they're a part of your future. Zach Levine is not. Zach Levine is the president and can absolutely help the president for the Chicago Bulls, but he has to be able to accept the role that's here for him now coming back to this team and that's not to say that Zach isn't still going to have a huge role isn't still going to have the big scoring nights isn't still going to have those opportunities because Billy Donovan needs to ride the hot hand but Zach in returning to this team has to understand that 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 those bull that Bulls team that you that you left ain't the same Bulls team that you're coming back to it's kind of like when the older brother joins the military and he goes away for for two years or whatever and comes back and realizes hey my little brother is a man now that's what Zach Levine has to realize is that little bros they've grown up while you've been gone and you have to respect the place that these young men have now placed themselves in through their play and, and have earned through their play. And you have to now complement that as a, as a team so the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole. The whole can be greater than the sum of the parts. You know what I'm trying to say. Listen, I get my phrases mixed up sometimes. So that's my thought, man. Happy New Year to everybody. The first episode of Chicago Bulls Central in 2024. Thank you guys for everything, all the support, all the love. I appreciate you guys so much for what this platform has become and will continue to become in 2024. But make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, and we've been doing this now for two and a half. Oh, it'll be three years in August, man. Um, not August. Was it? Yeah, three years in August, man. I appreciate you guys so much and just what this channel is mean to me, man. And like always, make sure you uh go bulls, see red, love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.